Welcome in to Locked On Knicks, a dominant win by your New York Knicks, 108 to 85 over the Dallas Mavericks on the garden floor. The only thing that could have made it better is if a certain Eunice Snake had made an appearance, which mm -hmm. maybe we'll talk about. And of course, we is not just me, Alex Wolf, and no Gavin today because he is off again doing the Hoopal tournament this weekend, uh, some of the best high school basketball out there. But I have Drew Steele here to help break this game down with me. We're going to talk about R.J. Barrett's 32-point eruption, why Mitchell Robinson is so important to this team being good, and just general notes about how awesome the Knicks were in this game. Coming up right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starts with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. He's tough. And he's fouled. Anthony for Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Um, Alex Wolf, I'm editor in chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. And I am joined by one of my Strickland buddies today. Gavin's off. So I brought in Drew Steele, who you might also know as Doug, or at Scooter Toots on Twitter. And uh, Drew, how are you doing, man? How is everything going for you after this awesome RJ game and, and everything else uh, with this big win over the maps? Does everyone see that entrance that I just watched? Like when we're doing this? Yeah, yeah. Yo, that's wild. I was I was not expecting that. Well, so you're alluding to YouTube, which of course, yes, if you go on YouTube, you could see <laughs> our, right, fantastic, right, our fantastic professional grade. <laughs> Our professional grade intro music and video package that plays when each new episode starts instead of just the theme song. So thanks for pointing that out, Drew. I almost forgot to direct people to the YouTube. Uh, but <laughs> let me <laughs> let's get into the game though. I'm glad to hear that the best thing going on in your life right now is our intro video yep. package. <laughs> Yo, it is it is elite, man. It is elite. <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about this game. Like again, the Knicks win 108 to 85. They win every single quarter in this game, including the third quarter of Doom. No third, qu third quarter of Doom today. It was more like a third nope. quarter of Doom for the, the Mavericks. R.J. Barrett puts on an absolute clinic for the second straight game. And really, I mean, it's been about the seventh or so straight game of him just playing really, really well. But two straight 30-point games for him for the first time in his career. He gets 32 on 13-22 shooting, 4-7 from three, 2-2 two two from the free throw line, seven rebounds, two assists. Uh, just an amazing all-around effort from him. Uh, what stands out to you, Drew, about how he played in this game? Was that last shot when he hit the uh, the thirty burger? Mm -hmm. Just a step back on uh, on Fat Luca. It was perfection, man. It was just great to see, especially because like Randall recognized it too, and he's just like, "Now we got to get him the shot." But um, no, but the one thing that I just noticed was remember when uh 
he had like that weird stretch, right? Where it just like he got COVID, he had like a stomach bug, mm-hmm. and then he just looked like he couldn't <laughs> jump or run after he went on like this little um like launching point. And it's just mm-hmm. like he got back to that. And mm-hmm. we're kind of seeing what we met what we're just like we got like a month delayed <laughs> basically yeah. of what we were to expect from RJ because like he started to do this earlier, got sick, and now he's just confident like that's what you kind of see like he's doing he's doing you know tricks that like he's doing windmill dunks <laughs> he's doing he's doing like he's doing just wild stuff now like he's just feeling it yeah and, and this just, one and that's mean, what the, it is he's feeling it the the dunk contest level stuff is crazy mm-hmm. that he's pulling out right now i mean he does the windmill in the previous game and then in this game brings out the uh the double pump uh reverse there at, we at go. I, I had no idea. I didn't know what type of dunk it was. I was I was struggling there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the I, and it was funny too because that was probably my favorite exchange of the game. You know, as far as like from a fun perspective, there was of course the fact that he did the hip bump with like every single player at mm-hmm. one point or another. He did one with Mitch, one with Fournier. Like I think he hip bumped every single guy on the team after one of his back breaking shots that forced the Mavs call a timeout. Um, but the the funny one was the dunk where he and Obi were both still back in transition or back like not having gotten back all the way on in transition because like it was a quick Dallas run back. Mm. Dallas misses it. I think was that one of Dwight Powell's terrible misses? He, <laughs> one of just, many. Yeah, that dude's just he's not a good basketball player. Um, <laughs> missed one of his like random bunnies that he missed, and then it started this new fast break for the Knicks and both Obi and RJ are down there. So mm-hmm. you're kind of like, Oh, there's like big potential for something here. Like what's RJ going to do? And RJ just goes up himself and does the double pump reverse. And Obi was like kind of staring at him the whole time. I and know like, poor Obi. Yeah. <laughs> Cause Obi, Obi was expecting something like there, there was like, yeah, there was like a half look from Obi where you were like, y- you thought for one that he was happy for RJ for getting the dunk off, but the other being like, come on, man. Like, couldn't you put it off the backboard for yep. me or something like something fun? Yep. I'm trying to practice for the dunk contest, but um, yeah, but like RJ's total scoring package, this one, I mean, I don't even know what more to say about it at this point. You know what I mean? It's he, I guess in this game, the thing that he busted out the most that he hadn't as much recently was the step back. Like he had a, a step number back. Of... And then he also did, he was doing some pretty nice, like pull up mid range shots around the elbow too, that were like yeah. nicely in fluid in motion in rhythm and everything like that. And that's a really good jump shot. And that's something that he needs to do when players are going to, you know, cheat off him by stepping, you know, closer to the rim. So he needs to be able to pull up with mm-hmm. that uh, 17 footer. And he was, he was doing that too. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Those were, those were fantastic. And that's such a great, like, weapon for him the other thing too you know in addition to the step backs i thought uh, were awesome you know he had one at one point uh that was into the corner you know and then like another Mm -hmm. really nice sort of like sidestep towards the corner that was beautiful Uh, he was just pulling those out nonstop in this game but the other thing that i've been noticing recently and this isn't like strictly this game but i don't think we've talked about it a ton on here is that he's using his body more. He's getting, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's not afraid to sort of put his shoulder into someone again. Whereas before, you know, when he's at his worst, he gets too timid and he he doesn't want to create contact with a guy on the inside, maybe for fear of an offensive foul or whatever, but he just doesn't do it. And mm-hmm. these last few games, he's really been using his body well, I think, on the inside to get those scoring opportunities. What I really like about this, and I'm afraid to even mention this in case, like, NBA ref offices get a whiff 
Oh, uh, I know exactly what you're about. What to say. I'm saying, because mm-hmm. like RJ's been doing this now for a good year and a half, where he wingdings the uh, his defender or his guy closest to the paint in the back, and I'm always like, because he gets it like right in the kidney, and I'm always just like, he never gets called for that, and I'm just like, what is he doing so good? And then I mentioned this in the uh, in the strict cord, um, which is the Strickland's Discord. If you sign up for our Patreon on one of our levels you get to basically talk to me <laughs> all day every day it's not just drew but yes you, you get to talk to drew yeah but, but that's one that's one of the channels it's just me <laughs> just drew yes <laughs> just me but um no like and then um it was schwinn shout out to uh schwinn fuck you um and someone else i'm sorry i'm blanking on your name but it's just like he's so in rhythm where it just like it looks like it's just one fluid motion of him going like up and extending. And if you're watching on YouTube, you see what I'm kind of like doing, where it doesn't look like he's just like elbowing the guy to get separation. So he does a really good job yeah. of that, where like he doesn't get the call and he gets enough little like just a, just enough to get that room, to get the lamp, and it it just like it works. And now it's just like you know it's like oh I see it now because I'm always just like he's gonna get called for that, but he hasn't. Yeah, maybe it's it's his growth into a superstar. I guess maybe that he's yeah, it's uh, the getting, superstar move exactly. Getting getting a little leniency because it's very much like a James Harden type thing. Like I feel like that's a thing that he's studied. Like I mean, as much as we all generally dislike James Harden, if you're not rooting for the team that he uh, plays for, you know, I, I think I that, hate him, man. He's the worst. James Harden is the worst player in the NBA. <laughs> Be in front of all. He's the second worst. Kyrie Irving's actually the worst. I was going to say, on, on this night, they maybe were both behind Luka Doncic, who got Oof, Luka. absolutely rocked. Uh, I mean, I, I thought that he got really bothered by RJ, too. I mean, if we want to talk about other things RJ did really well in this game, like, I think RJ did a pretty good job defending Luka. Like, if you looked at just mm-hmm. his stats, you'd be like, oh, 21, 11, and 5. That's not a bad game. But uh, he shot 8 of 23 and 1 of 9 <laughs> from 3. The only decent look he could get from three in this game was to basically like pull up from like six feet behind the line. Yeah, not even pull up, and he and a lot of his shots were pretty much on Grimes too, and that's mainly because like he's so much bigger than Grimes, so like he could post them up. But what RJ was pretty good at, and then I think Randall was on him a couple times. Like Luca can't really move them as much as he wants them to, and that really affected him just kind of like getting to his spots specifically like he couldn't really get there and then rj was pretty good on the closeouts to like you know not really overcommit, but like just enough like his timing was really good on the closeouts too for his, lucas threes yeah it, it really was and you know it, it that is probably just as important as the you know the offensive growth that we're seeing from rj like the defensive growth that we're seeing from him i think is mm-hmm. equally important to where he's going to go in his career and potentially where the Knicks are going to go, because I don't think it's a coincidence that we're seeing the Knicks win more games now with RJ Barrett playing as well as he has been. Um, and yes. it, particularly with Julius Randle sort of settling in as more of a distributor right now, you know, I think, which we'll talk about in a minute, but like, you know, Julius can, can have games where he doesn't necessarily score and can really impact the game if he buys into that. And this game was like proof positive of that. And RJ was really benefiting from the fact that Julius was just like out to set up everybody in this game, including mm-hmm. him, uh, which really worked out well. And, it, you know, in addition to the Knicks using RJ a little more in uh, sets to try to set up Mitch and and things like that, too, that are things that we've grown to love from him over the years. Uh, so actually, Mitch is a, a good topic to get into, but I do 
Real quick, just want to remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. And Knicks fans, you've been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? If you haven't, now is the perfect time. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right, this is an exclusive offer available for locked on fans only who use the code NBA. Prize Picks has the best NBA daily fantasy sports prop game on the market. Offers more NBA props than any other daily fantasy sports prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes made, etc. You could pick two to five players and an over-under on those projections and you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. You know, I, I recently placed a flex play entry with an over on R.J. Barrett points and an under on Luka Doncic points for today. And it worked out pretty damn good for me because obviously R.J. was going to be much better than Luka Doncic. Uh, you know, so you could double your money that way. And it took all of 30 seconds to do it. It's that easy. So Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries too. You could take the over on Embiid, combine with the under on Aaron Rodgers in the same entry. So use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Go to prizepix.com today or go to your App Store and download the app. All users that deposit and use our promo code MBA will get $50 free if your PrizePix entry successfully scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use our promo code MBA will get $50 free if your PrizePix entry scores a single point. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. All right, Drew. So to continue on, as mm-hmm. I was saying, I, I'm actually going to throw this to you because you, you said something interesting when we were getting ready to record. Um, Mitchell Robinson in this game, you know, I'll just give the stat line real quick. He goes for 19 points on 9 of 10 shooting, 10 rebounds, 2 blocks, 1 steal. He played about as big and dominating. Like, I, I think I referenced this one of his other good games recently, but I I had thought of this this quote from uh, Trey Burke, his rookie year, uh, to think of how far back that was. But before Mitch's rookie year, Trey Burke had said during camp that he looked like baby Shaq on the court. And this was definitely like one of those games where he looked like baby Shaq compared to the Mavs because they couldn't do anything to stop him on the inside. And he just was able to basically do whatever he wanted. But you had an interesting point about this, so I'll let you present that. Uh, what, what, would, what were you thinking about Mitch in this game? I will, but I just want to make, wasn't baby Shaq wasn't he on the Celtics? What's his name? Glenn Davis? Wasn't that baby Shaq? Maybe maybe I'm misremembering exactly what he said. Maybe he said skinnier Shaq was the Trey Burke thing. Oh, wait, no. Wait, Glenn Davis is called Big Baby. He was Big Baby. There was some, I feel like there was someone called Baby Shaq at one point, though. I, I don't think you're wrong. I think I am mixing up my nicknames. It's it's all good. But no, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to Google it while you talk. You think about that. Or, you know, you, you talk and give your point here, and I'm going to figure out who Baby Shaq yeah, was. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll let Alex figure that out, even though I unintentionally went down this road with him because I mixed up Glenn Davis, but no. So Mitch has been super inconsistent this year. And we kind of noticed that with like the Knicks have been super inconsistent this year as well. Like Mitch has taken forever just to actually reach like in every other game or in every two games, he's decent stage. Cause like Mitch has been terrible, but like the centers for the Knicks have been terrible. And one of the reasons why the team worked so well last year was like, they actually had good center play. Like they were both players were contributing 
at least on some form of the court. Noel wasn't that good on offense, but he was really valuable on defense. Mitch was but was a two-way force. And because Mitch has been terrible, the Knicks don't play small. Um, and then you have old man Taj, et cetera. Like, you don't get good center play from the Knicks consistently. So when you have good center play from then, it just kind of opens up everything else for the Knicks. Like there's, there's a lot of reasons why the Knicks were successful last year, but one of them was center play. The Knicks centers have been terrible this year. Mitch has been terrible. Gen- like overall, but when he's playing like this, do you see like these flashes of him, like <laughs> not being slow, not being unathletic, like actually committing to things and being his old self. You just see how much better the team is. And that's really great to see. Cause I know Knicks fans, I uh, would say at least in our discord, even something on Twitter, the idea of like, upgrading centers and anything like that like and upgrade the center is not just on a trade market it's just mitch playing better and we saw that like noel was well i don't want to say terrible he was not good (laughs) today like noel wasn't that good and understandably he just got back from his uh his covid stuff but you just saw the difference between noel and mitch in the impact of like bad center playing good center playing that was kind of like a little microcosm of the next season this year yeah, I agree. I, I think that's definitely the case. Like, you know, Mitch really, uh, he has the potential to be the most important player for the Knicks this mm-hmm. year. You know, as as great as RJ has been, as great as Julius can be, you know, as important as like Evan Fournier actually playing confidently and shooting and all that good stuff is like, you know, Obi topping off the bench, quickly development, whatever you want to say. Like Mitch, when he's playing well, gives the Knicks exactly what Tibbs wants and allows mm-hmm. the scheme to be played exactly how Tibbs wants. Like Tibbs loves his center to basically be the quarterback of the defense, you know, mm-hmm. to to his whole goal. Tibbs's whole goal is just funnel everybody into the middle because I want my, my awesome dominant center to just destroy these guys at the rim all the time and make them afraid to ever go inside. And if we can control the rim, then we can control anything. You know what I mean? Because that that is kind mm-hmm. of a common truth in the NBA. Like in present day NBA, unless you face a team, which the Knicks have a few times, despite, you know, having decent center play on some nights, sometimes you just face a team that just cannot stop scorching the nets from three or whatever. But mm-hmm. generally speaking, if you could stop teams from getting to the inside, you're in really good shape in today's NBA. And like, that's what Tibbs aims to do. That's why the Knicks defense was so good last year. And that's why like when Mitch plays like he did tonight, which by and large was a he only had one little bonehead stretch right at the beginning of the second quarter and it was actually kind of good because or sorry second half um and it was actually kind of good because it seemed to like sort of galvanize him and and make him angry i guess like he kind of played like the hulk after that Mm -hmm. um but you know he he committed a couple dumb fouls beginning of the second half but that was it you know otherwise he was he was on all night and the knicks really reaped the benefits and having you know a guy that can defend the paint on one end and the guy that just i mean he absolutely annihilated uh powell and uh kleber mm-hmm. right those Kleber's yeah. their their backup it just destroyed them i really wish porzingis had been in this game because i think the mitch would have had like a personal vendetta to just uh, <laughs> destroy his life today i mean wonderful because he was defending the perimeter well too so like porzingis was not going to get away with just camping on the perimeter against him today either i no. don't think so just a phenomenal game from Mitch. I, I loved everything I saw out of him. And, you know, I've been saying this for weeks now, whenever we see the flashes or like one good game here and there, like the second that he starts doing this consistently, he might make himself a ton of money. 
You know, mm-hmm. like he needs to start doing this every single day. And then he, the Knicks have proven that they'll pay players that that play well. And if they don't end up doing it with Mitch, like some other team will give him, you know, ten plus million dollars to come to their team and play center for them. So you know, it's it's all in Mitch's hands at this point. And like, I really hope he keeps going like this because he's he was freaking amazing uh, Look, during this game. Me too. I've been very anti Mitch this year. I thought he's he's been so bad and terrible, but like. Like, I want him off the team. Like, that's how bad he's been. But, like, this is the version that, like, he needs to be. And not just, like, I could say that as a fan, but it's not just, like, basically what you were saying, though. For his own sake. Because, like, he'll get a contract if he's this guy. Because that means, like, we just see, like, if he's... I still don't... I didn't think he was, like, as dominant defensively today as he was, like, ever last year. But he was definitely much more offensively dominant. So just him having just general two-way impact, right? Because he was still a plus defender, mm-hmm. right? So, so if you just have general two-way impact with Mitch, controlling the rebounds, boxing out, playing defense, the Knicks, everything for the Knicks clicks. And mm-hmm. that's why it's a, that's why I think a lot of people, including myself, will get annoyed with Tibbs. Because when Tibbs' thing isn't working, he still will go down with that ship. And it's that's the annoying part with Tibbs because it's like no, just adjust when it's not working. But he doesn't want to do that mm-hmm. because you see what the highs are, which is this the game. Like this yeah. is why he sticks with it is because of this, and it's annoying as hell. But it, it feels goddamn good when it <laughs> when it works. It's annoying to see Tibbs get vindication from time to time. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's what it is because like you watch this game and you're just like. This is what Tibbs envisioned. This is what Leon envisioned. This is what like this is what everyone envisioned, right? The idea that like everyone has the ball, everyone's a threat off the dribble, everyone can create, and mm-hmm. we saw that. Like we saw that with Fournier, Burks, RJ, quickly, Randall, even Grimes to an extent too. Like you mm-hmm. just saw them create, and when it works, like that's the idea. Like someone's going to create, the defense is going to collapse. And then everyone on the court in the Knicks can do something with the ball on a kick out or a lob pass or something. Like, this is what they designed and this is what they intend to do. But it hinges on Randall being more Draymond Greenish. Right. Yeah. And it is, it is play, like focusing on defense and facilitating. But also, like last year worked because Randall was an elite wing and RJ was good. So, like, if Randall can be good and you still get like some sort of elite wing production along with everyone filling their roles then we get back to last year but like everyone needs to do this consistently like this that's the thing like mitch has to be consistent 48 has to be confident randall has to stay like this and just and then rj has to continue uh thriving like like it's there like this team from last year is there but they (laughs) they need to step it up yeah well let's hold that thought on randall because i do want to talk about him when we get into our final okay. bit of the show here. But I will first uh, remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. And it's the new year, so that means time for New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bars in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you might be thinking, this just isn't worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 
4 grams of net carbs, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs on top of fat. And who wants fat in your diet? Uh, Not me, ever. I never eat fat. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And today's show is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy betting New Year's. We continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Hopefully the playoffs for the Knicks. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. And it's a new year, so there's a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Drew. So I I teased this before we went to the the break there, mm-hmm. uh, but I I, I want to talk more about Julius Randle because I thought this was sort of a, a logical prog- progression of his last game, right? Like mm-hmm. everyone, ever, and when I say everyone, I mean mostly like Mark Berman, who I love, but has to turn everything into an issue. Um, it, you know, it was kind of like, oh, Jul- the Knicks might have won, and RJ might have scored thirty points, but. Julius Randle only scored two points. Like, what does that mean for mm. the Knicks? Is Julius like Randle? Pe- yeah, that was people on our Discord too. Yeah, people were also saying that in our Discord channel. You mm. know, like, like, oh, and Julius Randle only two points. And well, I was one. getting, la- and I was getting laughed at for defending him. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I could understand wanting more out of him, obviously, for how much you're paying him and everything else. But I mean, he had a pretty a solid game all around and didn't let the fact that he only scored two points get to him or stop him from distributing or from, you know, rebounding the ball or playing defense. And that was the important part. And this game was just sort of the logical progression of that, right? Like he still didn't shoot his best, like six of 17 total, uh, only one of three from three, four, six from the free throw line, but finishes was a pretty nice stat line, 17 points, 12 boards, eight assists, uh, five turnovers, so like almost at the two to one assist to turnover, and he was doing a lot of like driving and kicking in this game and, and finding open shooters and like for the Strickland actually today, like um, Max Hoover wrote a really cool article that sort of went into like you know he watched a number of games and was tracking like where Julius was making his passes from and what sort of looks he was finding his teammates for and like. They have drastically underperformed on catch and shoot for him this year. Like they're shooting just abysmal on potential assists for him on catch and shoot opportunities. And this game, they did a sounds, lot better. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's it's not just that Randall has been struggling this year. I mean, the Knicks mm-hmm. have just been horrendous at shot making at times yes, this year. Yes. And that's led to some of their ugliest losses. So, I mean, I thought that this was everything that you would ever want to see out of Julius in this game. You know, he was engaged. He was just interested in getting, you know, like doing what had to be done for the team to win and like didn't seem upset at all by, you know, the fact that he wasn't shooting that well, was just kind of still continuing in the flow of the offense and it really gave a crap on defense. I mean, he 
also really defended like guys like Doncic and and that sort of mm-hmm. thing pretty well a few times. He absolutely bullied Doncic on on offense once or twice, which was hilarious too. Um, yeah. Watching watching uh, as as you might say, pudgy Luca getting uh, <laughs> you know jostled around down there by by Julius. I gotta say, Lu- Luca really they they talked about how he said he's been playing himself into shape. I mean, you want to talk about someone? He still doesn't look like he's played into shape yet. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, no, it, man, it looks like he has like cake stuffed in his face at all times, yeah, man. Like, yeah, it's it's hard to man, argue. My man's eating dessert. He is. I mean, it's hard to argue with the results because he's still putting up triple doubles and stuff. No, and, I know. You know. Splashing jumpers all over the place. So maybe he's just sort of like Jokic before Jokic really took his personal Yo, health seriously I, too. Yeah, but. I mean, that, I mean, Luca needs to lay off the barbecue, man. He needs to, <laughs> he needs to lay off the beans. <laughs> all that Dallas barbecue. Maybe he has gotten hooked. There is some good barbecue down there. Yeah, man, they got they got the the best barbecue. Okay, maybe not the best. I'm gonna trigger people from places, but like <laughs> you're gonna trigger people from Brooklyn, the barbecue yeah, no. capital of the world. Oh yeah, I forgot Brooklyn. The best barbecue. <laughs> but um anyway now <laughs> i think anyone that thinks brooklyn barbecue is the best barbecue in the world is probably a nets fan anyway so we're probably not at, at Dude, risk I, of offending anybody anyway for anyone who, who <laughs> I, I i couldn't with that that mm. that new york times yeah. article or whatever it was yeah that you know that shit triggered me because like because i spent time in the south i spent time in in texas so it's just like they take their barbecue very seriously there and, so and that's that, that's one thing they do very well down there they don't yeah, do uh they, they don't they, do progressive they sh- policy yeah. making very well but they do barbecue great look man they may <laughs> they may shoot they may shoot their cows with uh ar-15s but man the barbecue man those, those cows taste good <laughs> <laughs> anyway drew so to get back to julius randall and how he's from dallas now, who's from Dallas? We took this full circle, and who beat up on uh, on barbecue loving Luca? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, what did you what did you think overall about his performance in this game? And you know, I know you went into it a little bit already, but it, you know, you mentioned like a Draymond Green role for him, and you're right. You were in our our Discord channel the other day, like getting into um, you know how you thought that that was perfectly acceptable for him, like as a role and other people were kind of like, Oh well, no, he needs to score more. He needs to be more of an alpha. Like, what do yeah. you think about him for a role going forward? Yeah, dude, man, I don't care about the, uh, the points, the points are going to come if he embraces his role. So last year he's all NBA. He's all star. He's all that. He's doing that because he's shooting lights out, right? Like he's making all the tough shots, like the star shots. And because he's never done that before, we had to see this year, is that going to continue? And as we saw, he's not consistent with that. And that's perfectly fine. He doesn't need to be like to be the like the scorer because like RJ's emerging. Fournier would like you brought in Fournier <laughs> to score, like to help do these sort of things. And you should, in theory, also have better point guard play. Too, that's not like Alfred Payne, they have more offense. So, like, Julius doesn't need to be the scorer, but if he still is the focal point of the offense or he's still distributed and playing defense, especially perimeter defense, grabbing the rebounds, getting in transition, if he plays more like Draymond Green, that's going to sustain his like building off of like what he did last year. Cause I don't think last year is ever going to happen again, but he could still be like one of the best players in the league. By embracing the great Draymond role because he has the size, he has the quickness. He does like Draymond's not like an elite passer, 
but he has good vision. Like Julius Randle's not only passer, but he has good vision. And Randall, when he ramps up on defense, he's not as good as Draymond in, you know, post defense and defending the rim, but he's, but Randall's very good on the perimeter and switching. So if Randall could do that, and then if the other guys, like, especially because we saw RJ go off, but like if RJ and Fournier are playing well, Randall gets single coverage. When Randall gets single coverage, it's very difficult to defend him. So, like, it has a very good ripple effect where it makes his game easier if he embraces being the distributor. Because then, like, his shots become easier. He still doesn't have to take those. He took a lot of, like, crappy mid-range shots mm-hmm. tonight, too. But then, like, you saw his good shots, and it was just him barreling over people because of his single coverage. That's what he needs to embrace. And if he can embrace this role, that's where the team is going to maintain success, and he's going to be beloved by the fans. Again, like, that's this is the role he needs to embrace. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that his his role is essentially, I mean, I, I was going to use the word connector, but I don't think that's even right because he's not just like, like he's an initiator too. I mean, he can initiate yes. the offense very well and, and get things going, but he needs to look at it from the perspective of like be, you know, Draymond Green or like if we want to use like a guard comparison, like be more Steve Nash than Kobe Bryant. You know what I mean? Like yes. look more to set up your teammates and use your scoring as your as sort of your like trump card rather than using your scoring as your primary yes. thing and and facilitating as just a backup plan you know yes, and I, exactly I, I, yeah and it's you know it's obviously those are two of the best players of all time multi-time mvps whatever but you know it's the general comparison is there like he, he want he should want to be the guy setting up his teammates and getting things going because that's mm-hmm. definitely where he's at his best because he draws a lot of attention now i mean he did you know, for a guy who's been, it seems like he's so desperate to like have his validation from his great season last year. I think that the greatest validation that he's getting is that he's drawing so many double teams and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like even when he hasn't been scoring that great this year, teams still respect the hell out of him. And he needs to just take advantage of that respect that they have and start using it to set up his teammates because that's, that's his most dangerous skill. Um, yeah, so like if Randall's setting screens and he's doing all this and it's like the idea of him, his process going up the court is like, if I can focus on getting everyone else involved and helping them, then my job gets easier in terms of scoring instead of, like you said, right? Like, I know you mentioned Kobe and Nash, but the the idea that you were capturing was if I focus on distributing first, my scoring comes in versus if my scoring leads to bad. Like, I got what you were saying. So don't mm-hmm. let So don't let people be like, you know, <laughs> misconstruing your take but you know, i will like, i will put the blinders on to the haters after yeah, this podcast comes please out. Do. if the youtube comments are mean i'll yeah. uh, i'll just phase that out please do um, but yeah like embrace that role yeah that's where you're then everything turns around because like you you watch tonight's game you're just like randall like that's great like and he'll be beloved he'll be beloved again like that's mm-hmm. how you capitalize on what you did last season because like you said they're double teaming him still still. So like if you facilitate, they're gonna stop double teaming you, and then you get to score easily. Like it it works that way. Like your great season led you to now you have to do the opposite of what of last year mm-hmm. to maintain the greatness. Like that's what he needs to do. He needs to now be able to like find his spots and go from there. So real quick, I just wanted to before we wrap things up here, I wanted to shout out speaking of embracing roles. Uh, Alec Burks, Evan Fournier, and uh, Quentin Grimes had to shout those three out. Mm-hmm. All three guys, you know, 13 points for Fournier, 10 for Burks. He didn't shoot the best, but he had six assists also in this game. And then nine 
points for Quentin Grimes in 19 minutes, three of six shooting from three. All three of those guys I thought played great games, even though Burks mm-hmm. didn't shoot particularly great. You know, they are doing so they are more like the connectors, you know what I mean? Yes. That are they can either shoot or they have more than enough skills to put the ball on the floor quick and then get it to someone else who can shoot a wide open shot. And that was on full display in this game. RJ did a good job of keeping the ball moving in that regard too, although he just was feeling it so much that he wound up shooting it a lot because he was amazing, obviously. But like I, I loved what I saw out of those three. You know, you could throw the shooting lines out the window, even though I mean Fournier shot really great. Five and nine, you know, Grimes was three of six, so no complaints there. But like even Burke shooting two for nine, I didn't care at all because I thought yeah. that he was really playing his role well and all three of those guys did probably their best work of the whole season in that regard. Yeah, so like if it really comes down to, like, they're playing their roles really well. I think a lot of what's going to come down to is, like, if RJ keeps this up and Randall is fine doing the shift, that makes, like, this makes the team so much more deadly. It changes everything. That it does, that it did last year, because last year it was all Randall, and and RJ really wasn't ready, right? They were just using him as, like, a spot-up, like, player. And then they did have it, but, like, if RJ can do can pick up the scoring load Julius left off from last year, it, it, it changes fundamentally because the Knicks have better players to play off that than they did last year. Because it, yeah. it puts Julius in his ideal role. Now, whether he wants to accept it will be determined, but like, that's... This is like, this is the formula for the Knicks. Like, you watch this, like, this is the blueprint they kind of need to follow for the rest of the year. Still play Obi more and not Noel, but like, this is what they need to build off of now. Like this win and even the other win with RJ. Yeah. And then the game winner and then the game winner and the one before. Like this is gotta, all, all the games where RJ plays good. Let's just do that again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, you gotta focus on that. Well, I think that's as good a note to end on as any, Drew. Thanks so much for coming on and uh subbing in for Gavin today. Do you have anything that you would like to plug before we uh send you off and you want to tell everybody where to find you on Twitter and all that stuff? Um Morplex Skyrim. <laughs> they dropped their uh, their tenth anniversary uh, DLC, and it's some free content, which is pretty which is pretty good. I got some sweet uh, some sweet weapons out of that. Um, then you just find me on Twitter at at Scooter Toots. Um, if you want to Venmo me money to give you for your picks, where you get your fifty dollars free for ticket um, prize picks. From prize picks, you Venmo, Venmo me ten bucks. I'll tell you what to get, and you get your fifty bucks free. That's at Scooter Toots on Venmo. That's all I got. All right, there you go. All right, well, thank you, Drew, for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I uh, got a couple more shows for you guys to end the week off, so those will be coming up over the next couple days. But till next time, thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to you all soon. Peace out. <laughs>